Hello and welcome back to the Cinema Podcast. This is part 8 of the Oscar highlights. It's been a while. We've been doing this for a while. It's been fun and we thank the people that stuck with us for this long. And we're going to talk about Nightmare Alley. Yeah, Nightmare Alley. Mm, um, Toro. I really was not expecting this to get an Oscar nomination. Um, I know there was it was a possibility, but I didn't think it was actually going to come to fruition. Right. It didn't get one Oscar nomination. Yeah, it got... It got four of them. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess we'll go over the nominations at the end, because that's what we do, but... And there... I don't know, because... Okay, we should go through the nominations now, actually. Okay. Because <laughs> the nominations it got don't make a lot of sense for Best Picture. Because it's production design, costume design, and cinematography. Which, those are technical, kind of. They don't have, historically, a lot to do with Best Picture nominations. Mm-hmm. Usually, if you get a Best Picture, you're going to get an acting nomination, a director, director, screenplay, something. Mm-hmm. But this didn't get any of that, so... Yeah. Chances at Best Picture are far out. Yeah. I know that this was a remake of what is a 1950s mm-hmm. movie, I think. Um, also titled Nightmare Alley. Yeah, which we're going to have an episode number 10 of West Side Story, too. Yeah. But there's a theme. <laughs> but I don't know. I, don't get me wrong. I think Guillermo del Toro does good work sometimes. I know that you... Don't particularly like him. Not really. Um, I don't particularly... But I... The thing is, I don't particularly like him either, but the movie that, like, I do like of his, I love. Mm. You know? Like, Pan's Labyrinth, I'm still trying really hard to get an episode on Pan's Labyrinth. No, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. But for someone that, like... I always respected him because I think he's very thoughtful. And he does good work. I just don't like the stories he does. But this one I really like. Probably because it's not his. And we mentioned it's a remake. I think I don't think it's a remake. It's just a... There's already a movie mm. based on this story. And then they just... It's a different make? I don't know what you'd call it. Mm. There's just someone else. adaptation. Yeah, it's, it's an adaptation. A re-adaptation. I don't know. There's so many terms that don't mean anything. <laughs> but... I really liked it. It's very flawed. I think the major flaw is that Bradley Cooper just feels like Bradley Cooper the whole time. I feel like I'm just watching Bradley Cooper act, which is a problem because I never really got immersed in his character. Mm. I feel like this might maybe be the one that we disagree with the most. Maybe. I think there's one other that we could disagree with more that we haven't talked about, but this one I feel like we disagree with because I did not like this very much. I thought it was fine, right? But I was I didn't think it was anything spectacular. I liked I like how stuff was coming together. The cinematography was wonderful, which I usually hate with Guillermo del Toro. He's very heavy on colors, mm. like Shape of Water won Best Picture, and they were so blue and green and annoying, <laughs> and this one was kind of just nice. And I don't know. It felt flowy. felt like everything was moving along. And it's a fun story. I like the carnival settings, you know. I like how it wraps up at the end and makes a full circle. That was really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a full circle type story. And it it is kind of like a noir. I think that the original was a noir. Yeah, Um, this is a neo-noir. 
Again, as movies keep getting promoted as kind of horror movies. Yeah, and I think that does such a disservice because I've always said that I always think his movies are are going to be one thing and then they end up being something else. That's the promotion. And it is the promotion, but like, come on, you're Guillermo del Toro. You you must have some control over promotion. Okay, because this got the trailer and the trailer was like really dark and daunting and you saw Willem Dafoe being like, is he beast or man? Yeah. And it, it made it sound like it was like a supernatural horror. Yeah. Even though I knew it wasn't, but the trailer made it look like it was. Yeah, and it's it, it would be one thing if this was like a one-time deal with his movies, but I have another instance where I specifically went to see Crimson Peak because, you know, it was promoted as one of the scariest movies ever, that it scared even Stephen King. I specifically remember that, and I was in a phase where, like, me and my friends wanted to go watch scary movies and be, like, frightened because... I, I don't know. We were kind of adrenaline junkies at some point and, <laughs> and roller coasters weren't cutting it for us anymore. So we were like, let's just try to be scared. Um, and if you've ever seen Crimson Peak, which, you know, I don't know what the general public thinks I of that, seen it. but wasn't a fan and it's definitely not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it has one scary scene, which ended up being in the trailer. So it it feels like a reoccurring theme for me. That his movies tend to, like, be played as one thing when they're actually another. And I know that's not necessarily his fault, but I have to think that he's an Oscar-winning, like, person. You know? (laughs) He has to have some sway. Yeah. So, I think he's doing, like, and if if he does have some sway and he's allowing this to happen, he's doing himself a disservice. I don't know. I don't know how much he has to do with it, but... I mean, you have to do with some stuff that was wrong with the movie. Because even though this is my favorite movie of his, mm-hmm. probably. Let Pinocchio come out next year. We'll talk again. <laughs> but Not the father. <laughs> no, it's I not that one. Own? It's a stop motion, yes. Pinocchio. But even though this is my favorite, I still think he makes a lot of mistakes. The runtime is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it does drag a little bit i felt like everyone in that movie theater was bored at some points my sister was angry oh she got (laughs) mad yeah should not have taken her (laughs) she was angry that we took her to see that yeah she hated it but because you mentioned a chicken being killed in the beginning but whatever it's really long there's stuff that should be cut out and i don't know I, i just to me Maybe I just didn't like the story, but the whole Kate Blanchett's character, and for what? That's my question. Yeah, her character is the most confusing, in which she does kind of seems like to be for the story purposes. Yeah, and because because they meet kind of midway, maybe like an hour, fifteen minutes in to the movie, um, which at that point I was like, I know Kate Blanchett was in the in the trailer but i think they cut her out i genuinely (laughs) cut her out but then i saw her and then you know she was a part of the story but um she meets him when he's doing his trick right his mentalist trick and she sees through it yeah she sees through it but he kind of humiliates her in a way because she tries to to call him out on it yeah. And then he he kind of plays her. Well, yeah, because he's not really a magician, but he can really read you. Yeah. And make educated guesses. 
Yeah. Which and, she was not expecting. And so because of that, she decides that she's going to destroy his life. Yeah, I guess that action that that happens to her. So she's going to make its huge plan to destroy him. Yeah. Okay, sure. It's a little far fetched, but I like her character. I think she plays it off well. She's probably the best part of the movie. Because, again, Bradley Cooper is just Bradley Cooper. He looks like Bradley Cooper and he talks like Bradley Cooper. Which is fine if you're into Bradley Cooper. If you're into Bradley Cooper. Mm. He was fine. He did his charming thing, I guess. But, yeah, Kate Blanchett was probably the best part. And she really did make it work for me. Especially that middle part leading up to the end. I don't know. I do like the story. It is very noir. Yeah. Nothing goes good. For him, because he's a liar. Yeah. But I also think that it kind of does conk you on the head with its obviousness. And maybe it has to. I don't know. Because William Defoe's character tells Bradley's character how he ended up with the Beast Man. Yeah, the Gimps. Who's just a drunk. Is that what they call him? Gimps? Maybe. That's an old carny Yeah. But so, you know, you find a drunkard who is just not having a good time. Yeah, you find someone that has nothing to lose. You give them a part-time job or like a temporary job. Yeah, and and you make it specific that it's only temporary. So that they feel lucky to have it and like when... And they're not scared that they're going to be stuck in this place. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of slowly morph them into something that they... They're so dependent on the booze that you give them that, and or, and or the drugs that they never leave. Yeah, which is what he becomes by the end because, you know, everything in his life comes down. He gets destroyed because of the Kate Blanchett character. Yeah, but I think like it's a little too obvious that William Defoe's character says all that, like the exact plan. And then the guy at the end, the carny at the end... When Bradley, he says the exact which same, which is supposed to be like the suspe- like the ton time moment. Yeah, I like it though. I mean, I kind of liked it, but I just think that there's no subtlety to it. So why? No, it's not subtle. That's yeah. what, that's again why I think there's a lot of mistakes in this, and it should not be sniffing Best Picture. That it, that's what I think is my problem with it, because like I think the reason why I didn't think it was going to be Best Picture is because I thought it was too obvious. Yeah. There was no subtlety to it. Not that a lot of these have subtlety, but this one doesn't have subtlety. It doesn't really have heart. It doesn't have, like... I agree it doesn't really have heart. Like, it, it doesn't just, really I have I just like the story, and I like... I always liked El Toro, technically. I think he makes yeah. the story visually work, and he worked here, and then I also like the story, which is a bonus. I mean, yeah, it's not subtle. It's not smart, but it's entertaining. Yeah. And I don't think it takes itself super seriously in that sense. Like, it doesn't try to be super smart. It's not portraying itself as intelligent. And don't get me wrong, it is serious. It's not a comedy. There's yeah. no jokes. Well, there might be. I don't know. And I would say that this is... If if the story from... I think I, think I did look it up. The movie that it's based off of was from 1947. And I think it was based on a novel. Um... Which I haven't seen that 1947 version, but if it has some of the same elements that this one does, I can see how that, at that time, this movie must have been really shocking. Mm-hmm. Because at least in, in Del Toro's version, we have, you know, unfaithfulness, um, severe alcoholism, 
miscarriage or not even not miscarriage it was a forced abortion Mm -hmm. where a young girl died because of it you know like again i'm not sure if all of that was talked about in the original original version but i mean even if it's kind of a watered down version of it i'm sure the story must have been shocking Mm. or at least you know significant i guess see i have a problem with del toro which i don't i don't think he ever goes dark enough with the themes yes i a hundred percent agree i i think he there is something that i feel like is always missing yeah like it's it's dark but not enough it's not enough it it always feels like this is pg-13 and what you're trying to go for is r even though i think all of his movies are rated r i think which uh for Pan's Labyrinth, I would say that's what works the best. Yeah. Because it is more of a family movie at some point, and then it becomes darker. Yeah. So even though it's not super dark, the contrast makes it work better. Here, it doesn't really do that. Well, because in Pan's Labyrinth, that's more of, like, a fairy tale. Right. This is not a fairy tale. So, no. like, the the level of innocence that it portrays doesn't really make sense here. Okay, but set design's great, and it kind of makes the movie... I do. I think that like it, it does have a really good production and costume design. Kate Blanchett's talk about it, you know. office looks awesome. It's really <laughs> fun to like look at the little details. The carnival setting obviously always looks good. The like they go through all the freak show stuff, and it's really fun. I think it's a fun movie, which is I guess weird to say about a two and a half hour drama. Hmm. But it's fun. I thought it was fun. It really worked for me in that sense. I I don't think it's a special movie. And I don't think it's, you know... If it was anyone else doing this, it wouldn't be in the conversation as one of the best movies of the year. Let alone Best Picture. But I guess we're here. And we're talking about it because of that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm going to wait until the predictions to talk about so many other movies I think deserve a spot that this one I really can't say did. Well, I, I mean... If it if we're playing favorites, it's different from what makes sense as the ten movies that stand out in the year for the grand scheme of things. Not a personal favorite. Yeah, but, but this one doesn't make sense either way. That's what I'm saying. I but I still feel like, regardless of what I thought was the best movies last year, there are movies in my mind that I liked way more that I think are technically and creatively a lot better right. than this. And I think that would be way more remembered culturally than this. No, I agree. Even though I like it, I'm not, you know, tricking myself into thinking this is special. I'm surprised that you liked it, to be honest. I'm surprised I liked it, too. I didn't think I would. I just, the screenplay worked the best for me, which is not nominated. It's so weird. Yeah, that was the thing that you told me you liked the most about it when we when we watched it was that the screenplay you really liked the screenplay. Yeah, and then it didn't get a nomination. I mean, I guess the you know the set design is the best part realistically, but you know you don't sit in your car driving home being like, "Damn, this should be a best picture" because the set design is so crazy good. Yeah, I think that's what there's some type of disconnect, which I'm sure it maybe one of the only reasons it got a best picture is because of who it was directed by but i mean if you look at some of the reviews like it's not hated 
you know i think it's a middle of the road movie it's so middle of the road i don't don't it shouldn't be hated and it shouldn't be praised too highly it just it's a good movie that come out in the year you watch it once you get through i I could watch this one again personally probably will eventually but yeah i mean too many issues yeah i think the act to 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 talk some good about it because i feel like i was kind of a negative nancy here give us your rating so we can have a a better (laughs) feeling for i mean middle of the road i gave it a six out of ten right but that's positive it is positive it is positive but barely like again it entertained me but i do think the runtime's a bit long like i got a little bored in the theater um but, I mean, to talk some good about it, I think the actors all did really well. I know Bradley Cooper, you said that he just kind of plays Bradley Cooper, but they all seem to be having a real fun time filming it, Yeah, you know? I mean, I think there's a lot of standout scenes that grab me. Like the shootout in the snow, mm-hmm. and when they, you know, run the guy over, the security guy over. That's the darkest part. I was not expecting that. Especially because the tone of the other movie, they, like, crushed him on camera with their car. Yeah. Which was, I was like, whoa. Hmm. that was fun in a bad way i guess i don't know it was fun it looked really good the sets were fun i don't have an opinion on the costume design but yeah it it, we shouldn't be talking about it it's even hard to you know it's probably one of the shorter conversations we're gonna have about best picture because it's just not an interesting movie not that it's bad or good it's just not super interesting to talk about yeah, I don't think, like, there's a lot there to talk about. Because there's no subtlety. Like, the main thing is that he he comes full circle. He starts off, you know, kind of fine. I mean, he kills his dad. And then he goes to work for the circus. But then, you know, he thinks he's better than the circus. And then it comes back to him being in the circus again. But now he's, like, the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, you brought up the dad killing part. Which was, like, what he, the game of the tour kept cutting back to. Yeah. Didn't really develop that. No. But visually, it was cool. Again, <laughs> I think he visually makes stuff work. He just, sometimes he... Doesn't commit to the... He doesn't explore it as much, and he no. drags stuff out too much. But I gave it a 7, so that's pretty high. It's mostly entertainment value and technical factors. Because we talked about Dune, and if you haven't listened to that, do it. But we talked about Dune, and Dune's a lot more impressive just the story doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. So I can't pretend that I'm excited about watching it. Right. This one didn't excite me, but it entertained me highly. Entertainment value, great. Worth the money for the ticket. Yeah, I'd say that it was a nice outing. We also ended up watching Encanto <laughs> that same day. Yeah. This also came out like super fast on Hulu and HBO, I think. Which is great. I mean, you can watch it on Hulu now. Mm-hmm. And you can also listen to our other episodes on all the podcasting platforms and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, follow, and maybe drop a rating and a review. And we'll see you with episode 9 or part 9 of the Oscar Highlights.